is Fantasy Intervention. Welcome on in the, another episode of Fantasy Intervention. We are almost here. We are going into week one of the season, and I am stoked. I cannot wait for this to go down. Man, we got, we got, we're going live into fantasy football discussion right today. We're going to be live through them, and I'm sure we're going to get plenty of questions, so keep those questions coming. But I could not do this alone. I had to bring in my buddy, Thomas Tipple. What's going on, Thomas? How you doing, man? Yo, happy to be here. I'm ready for this fantasy football discussion. I'm ready for it. Let's go. They get kind of crazy. Now, normally they get a little bit crazier I'm with like it. on Wednesday nights. That's like our main show. But I figured <laughs> we could actually kick it off with a Tuesday night fantasy football discussional intervention. Yeah, let's go with that. Let's go with that. I like it. I did. Did that flow? Did that flow? It was lit. Yeah. I'll take it. I'll take it. Anyways, we're going to be discussing some of the waiver wire pickups, uh, you know, before week one, some of those players that you guys might have left or let fall down your drafts, you know, and into the waivers itself, because there are some unbelievable ones based off of the ESPN rankings that I saw. I don't know what y'all are doing out there, to be honest, but (laughs) it's a little bit crazy. Also, we have, I guess, some news. So I want to kick that off. Yeah, we got the Le'Veon Bell signing over there for Baltimore and you're a big Baltimore fan. So I'm going to let true. you, I'm going to let you kick this one off. I'm gonna let you talk about this one. Let me know what you're thinking about this Le'Veon Bell signing. Well, I would say that if the Ravens let Le'Veon Bell tote the rock more than five times in a game, I'm probably going to be throwing things out my window because he's done washed. He is washed, washed. He, if you, is he I'm just, this is a waiver wire show. If don't spend fab on him. Okay. Just don't. I think Chase is going to hit the player that you actually need to be spending fab on because that player looks like they can still play football. Uh, Le'Veon Bell looks toast, toast. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm G. I'm good. That's held the button in the toaster. It's a little too well done. Dude, um, sometimes toast can be good though. Awful. Like I like toast, man. Not burnt toast. No, not Le'Veon burnt. Bell's. You didn't say burnt. Just toast. scraping the burn off of the toast with him. Like it just no thanks. I'm done. I don't know, man. I kind of want to take a shot on him in some of the deeper leagues. Now, if you're in a league that drafted 15 players, like, no, stay away from him. But yeah. in a deeper 18 to 20-man league, I don't see anything wrong with that. What if he does come in and take over that that second running back role? Well, then they're like Lamar Jackson's going to end up getting like 22 carries a game because they're going to realize <laughs> that they're better off that way. They'll have Huntley come in and play quarterback, and they'll just play uh, Lamar Jackson as a single back because it would be better for their team. No, that, that makes plenty of sense. Uh, and we will actually get to the next piece of news. But real quick, I want to keep these questions coming from fantasy football discussion. So Travis is in the chat. And Travis wanted to know Edmonds or Mike Davis for the flex position this upcoming week in PPR. And this week? 
Yeah, we're going to be looking at the Atlanta Falcons mm-hmm. up against the Philadelphia Eagles, or we're going to have the Cardinals up against the Titans. And honestly, I don't really like either one of those matchups. I mean, when the Eagles' defensive line is healthy, they actually have a good defense up against the run. Yeah, Mike Davis is going to be facing a tough time. Now, this offensive line is a little bit healthier than they were last year. I believe they have two starters back in their lineup. But, yeah, I'm not loving this whole Falcon situation. I think it's going to be a very pass-heavy game. Uh, it's actually one of the ones that I'm attacking for DFS. I think I might lean Edmonds. Now, they did bring in Bud Dupree from the Steelers, right? They added Janoris Jenkins, but that defense is pretty much depleted over there for the Tennessee Titans. They're rebuilding very similar to like what the Vikings did last year. So I'm expecting not as much of a, a defensive battle as we might have seen in previous years between the Cardinals and the Titans. I think I'm going to go Edmonds on this one. Yeah, and that has to be the play. Look, we don't know enough right now to really attack defensive matchups, but the way it's looking is Tennessee is going to be like a top three, top five team to target each week. So if you're left with those really tough questions on, you know, kind of a 50-50 play, the worst defense is where I'm going. And for me, it's Edmonds. He's going to be PPR spam. You know, there's you could see six receptions from him in a game, and that's enough in your flex let alone yeah, anything like else on top. I like that, man. They have so many weapons over there for Arizona this upcoming year. I mean, when Rondo Moore is the fourth guy on your depth chart behind Christian Kirk, like that's that's just an <sighs> indictment to, to how good this team could actually be this upcoming year and how much they could pass. So Kyler Murray is obviously somebody that, that I was targeting all offseason for and drafts. And indicative of how bad of a coach Kingsbury is for letting Rondo Moore sit behind uh, uh, Christian Kirk on the offense, but that's a whole yeah, nother story. That, yeah, that's a, yeah, that's literally a whole nother story. I do have Rondo Moore side <laughs> note. I have Rondo Moore projected to ba- break the rookie receiving record. So I'm, I'm excited to see that moving forward to see if we can actually get to that point. But I do want to bring up one more thing. Have you heard of Thrive Fantasy, Thomas? Of course I've heard of Thrive Fantasy. It's the sick, like, the sick site where they actually have these over-unders, right? So I'm looking at a couple of them right now. I think I posted one in fantasy football discussion a little bit ago. But Thrive Fantasy had, what, Alvin Kamara at 71.5 rushing yards over or under that. I want to hear in the chat to know what the the chat thinks of this because the under has been the primary hit on this. I mean, you get 115 points if you go with the over. You only get 85 if you go with the under. The obvious goal is to actually hit the most. Mm -hmm. And with Mm -hmm. Fantasy Football Discussion, Thrive actually gave us a promo code to where if you actually go in, right, you can play in a free contest, which we've plastered all over fantasy football discussion. If you guys go to the, the top of that page, uh, you can actually enter into the free contest and, and place your own bets. You actually will win cash, and you'll win a free trophy to trophy smack if you end up placing in this contest. So with that being said, um, yeah, go to the top. If you enter in promo code Marcus, right, because we all got to beat Marcus in fantasy football discussion. But if you enter in promo code Marcus, they will match your deposit up to 100 bucks. And then they're also, if you do it before Thursday, they'll give you a free Thursday matchup, uh, the one of the million-dollar slates, I'm sorry, the $10,000 slates, and then also a Sunday ticket as well. So go check that out, thrivefantasy.com, enter in promo code MARCUS, and you'll actually be able to get your uh, your bonus matched, and then or your deposit matched, excuse me, and then also be able to enter in this free contest. But... Let's go ahead and talk about why this is important, right? Because 71.5 rushing yards, Alvin Kamara has only hit that in 25% of his career games. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But Latavius Murray just got cut. Mm-hmm. Now, we talk about Jones, right? And Jones was you know, one of these guys that has been on everybody's radar because guess what? Like Sean, uh, Sean McVay actually – I'm sorry, not Sean McVay. Peyton, Peyton, I got you. Sean Payton, excuse me. 
Sean Payton, right, has been talking about him since before the preseason even started. Mm-hmm. And then once the preseason hits, he was all about him, right? Well, he torched now, Baltimore. Like, and he torched Baltimore's ones. At that moment, I went and picked him up in every league I possibly could. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you 100%. I mean, he was he looked phenomenal in this offense. And so he kind of surpassed Latavius Murray. But now that Latavius Murray's cut, everybody's freaking out. Oh, Alvin Kamara could be the, you know, he could touch Christian McCaffrey's, uh, you know, touch percentage, like he could be up there at the top of the charts. I think that that was already going to happen if it was, right? Because he was already named the RB2. So Latavius Murray really had no, uh, you know, effect on Alvin Kamara, at least in my no. my perspective. How did you no. feel? No, uh, Latavius Murray was on his fast track to add it there, uh, kind of uh, as soon as you saw game action. So for me, he didn't really affect Alvin's outcome for me at all, especially in week one. Like I'm, I'm playing that over myself actually. Yeah. Like Murray didn't really doesn't even factor into that. It's just Alvin's the only proven guy there, and they're going to want to protect uh, five pick Jameis uh, in the first week. So yeah, I'm smashing that. And also remember, Green Bay was kind of dog water at stopping the run last season. Dude, they so were you can so put bad. two and two together. They were hot dog water, bro. May, they were, they were just dog water. They were hot dog water. Yeah, they were dog water pops for sure. <laughs> dog uh, water pops. Yeah, they made Montgomery look like Adrian Peterson. It was gross. All right, so that's crushing the breaking news. We're going to answer this next question. Keep your questions coming, by the way, guys. Keep your questions coming into this chat. We'll keep answering your questions throughout the show. After we answer this one, we will be hopping on to some of the players that you might have missed at the tail end of your drafts. So first one is or the this next question is going to be is it reasonable to play devonta smith up against the falcons defense in the flex smash the button yeah easy 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 money falcons Mm. are so bad now this one's a little bit uh, this one's a little bit tougher for me right i believe it's going to be moreau that's going to be playing on the outside over there on one side and the falcons defense they weren't good last year by any stretch of imagination but they were especially bad up against tight ends, and they were also bad up against uh, receivers in the slot. I don't think that Devonta Smith is going to fl- play in the slot at all. He got zero slot snaps in the mm-hmm. preseason. He was playing on the outside the entire time. Meanwhile, Quez Watkins played there about 65% of the time, or 65% of his snaps. Meanwhile, Greg Ward, I think, played there almost 100% of his snaps as well. So I'm looking to attack the tight ends in this matchup. I'm also looking to attack the slot receivers. I don't hate Devonta Smith, and I still think that he's going to be relevant this week as a flex option, but I think it's going to be safe to temper your expectations. I don't see mm-hmm. him getting, you know, two touchdowns and, you know, 80 yards or something along those lines. I could expect a touchdown with like 40 to 50 yards receiving. So if it's PPR, I'm going to say yes. If it's not PPR, I'm going to say look to your other options uh, pending what you have on your bench. Yeah, and it, it is flex, right? So it's all team dependent. But if you want the opportunity, like I have him for uh, eight targets in this game week one. That's what I'm expecting. And if he does get that, if he catches four, five balls, 70 yep. yards, maybe a score, you're smashing that on your flex and there's room to go there. I think it, I think Smith is definitely going to hit that flex option for you. I think pretty comfortably he's not like an iffy flex play to me well hopefully hopefully just hopefully jalen hurts completion percentage can come up from 50 percent last year right so that's the way that we feel about it uh if you have any other questions about that if you have another flex guy that you say hey would you rather play him over devonta smith we'll answer that for you but let's go ahead and dive into 
uh, some of these players that you might have missed on your waivers or towards the tail end of your draft. Um, yes, PJ Kennedy. Yes, Smith is the alpha in Philly 100%. Not going to disagree with that. And we'll get to this question after we get through the quarterbacks. So these are players that I pulled up on ESPN that are rostered in under 50% of the leagues on ESPN. All right. Mm -hmm. I'm going to name three quarterbacks. I'm going to give yep. a little bit of a brief thing. Stop me when you don't like the quarterback that I name or you have a quarterback that you would have above him. The first one that I'm going with is Kirk Cousins. And Kirk mm -hmm. Cousins, right? Mm -hmm. He's a guy that, hey, maybe you're streaming a quarterback. You just need a safe option, right? Because I stream mm -hmm. quarterbacks. I love streaming quarterbacks. Uh, he's a safe option, right? And he's somebody that can actually get you to that 18-point barrier that you actually want to, to hit consistently from your quarterback position, pending your scoring, obviously. But I'm feeling that they're going to have plenty of opportunities to score with Dalvin Cook being the main proponent over there up against Cincinnati in week one. Kirk Cousins, though, will still see red zone opportunities. He will still see deep targets in which Cincinnati struggled to defend last year. So Kirk Cousins, for me, is that one guy that if you don't have a quarterback with a great week one matchup, you don't feel great about what you're doing. Maybe you didn't even draft a quarterback because, hey, that's what you do. You stream tight ends. Kirk Cousins is the first guy on this list for somebody that needs a safe floor with an okay upside. How you mm -hmm. feel? Yeah, I don't mind Kirk Cousins at all. I think streaming him is the only option. I don't think week to week you can rely on him. I think that a lot of things had to happen last year for Kirk Cousins to throw, what, 36 touchdown passes and barely make it into QB1 conversation yeah. in six-point touchdown leagues. That's kind of shows the Konami yeah. style taking over. So, But this week, I think it's it's totally fine and reasonable. The weapons are healthy outside of Irv. I think that they're, they may not tote the rock 30 times with their stud RB week one. I think this would be a good a good option. It's a little iffy given cousins history with slow starts. So if you That's believe in, in narrative street, be wary, but as a, as a streamer, easy play. All right. So how do you feel about my quarterback to Jameis Winston? Because it's like they forgot mm -hmm. that he was actually good for fantasy football. Like, yeah, he wasn't a great quarterback for Once. professional level, but okay. He was good for fantasy football. If you streamed him back in the day too, for a couple of years, <laughs> if you didn't want to play him. Um, it is, you know, the Packers defense, right? Which is a little bit yeah. tougher up against the pass. We talked about that with, you know, Alvin Kamara being able to run on him. But guess what? Alvin Kamara can still catch passes out of the backfield. Uh, James Winston doesn't target the running backs too heavily, but he doesn't really have too many options in this game. So I think that Alvin mm -hmm. Kamara will be a focal point of this offense as they try to focus the run. But if Green Bay focuses on taking the run away, we can see Alvin Kamara have a big game in the receiving area. Meanwhile, Marquez Calloway, Traquan Smith, those are big, both big play receivers. Jameis Winston could actually put up a 30-burger pretty relatively easy if you're playing in six-point touchdown leagues. Uh, you know, how are you feeling about Jameis Winston? Do you think it's too far-fetched? Do you think three touchdowns seems like it could be in the realm of possibilities with 250, 300 yards? How are you feeling about this matchup? See, I'm avoiding Winston uh, in super flexes, even as a QB2. And in one QB yeah. league streaming, I'm kind of avoiding him as well because his his weapons aren't what he had when he was that stud quarterback play. Now, when he did, you mentioned he, didn't, he doesn't target the running backs often, but last year in the one game he came in and finished, Alvin yeah. Kamara was a definite target. That would be really good for him but i think winston's gonna have to score from outside the 15 because i think inside the 10 it's gonna be the Taysom hill alvin kamara show that's one of the and biggest things i'm afraid of so that's for that the shark tank 
for that reason, I'm out. <laughs> that wasn't cheesy or anything, man. You're good. <laughs> I live for I live for it. Oh man. All right. So let's go over my quarterback three really quick uh, because I think that people just forget about him and I think it's ridiculous. All right. Big Ben mm-hmm. is somebody who thrives every single year. He was quarterback 12 last year in points per game. Uh, you know, he has a great matchup. Now they do. The Bills did add edge rushers, right? They added guys that yes. can get off the edge in the in the draft. Uh, they try to solidify their, their defense through free agency. But when it's all said and done, you have Tredavious White, who's probably going to be covering Deontay Johnson for the most part. You have mm-hmm. Juju Smith-Schuster up against Teron Johnson in the slot. And then you have Claypool on the outside up against Levi Wallace, who gives up big plays. Uh, this offensive line is non-existent. I think that Najee Harris will be used in the passing game more than he'll be used in the running game, at least mm-hmm. more efficiently. I, I don't know how you're not thinking about playing Big Ben Roethlisberger. Like, I don't, I just don't get it. it just doesn't make any sense to me. Why is he not making it to more waivers? He was one of the most or the least rostered quarterbacks in this whole uh, research thing that I did. I think it's because people are so afraid of Najee Harris toting the rock 25 times like the offensive lineman said in the preseason. Look, don't take your fantasy advice from offensive linemen that want to run the ball in preseason. Don't do that. Uh, Ben Roethlisberger is probably the safest of the uh, quarterback streamers this week because Buffalo, as good as Pittsburgh's defense is, is, Buffalo's going to score whether you want them to or not. So Ben's going to have to go toe-to-toe with Big Allen. So he's definitely a safer play. I think the the safeties in Buffalo are going to limit and help that Claypool issue. So I think he's still going to feast in that short yardage scenario. But I think it's pretty safe that, yeah, if you're streaming a quarterback, Ben should easily be one of the guys. All right, so let's go ahead and hop into one of these questions. And uh, honestly, this is a, a duo because the question is, would you rather have Tua or Zach Wilson for QB2 this week? And this is a duo that I never really wanted a share of, like, you know, each one of these guys separately for my quarterback twos, because guess what? You're playing in the AFC East. So there's a chance where you can end up having, you know, Tua up against New England, like we talked about, and then another tough matchup because the schedule for the AFC East this year is somewhat difficult for quarterbacks. It's not the hardest mm-hmm. one, but it's somewhat difficult. So you have my sleeper defense of the year, up against the Jets and Zach Wilson. They are my sleeper defense of the year. I think they have a chance of finishing top three, top five. They've reinforced the defense tremendously in free agency. They drafted heavy again, you know, on defense. I mean, it's it's ridiculously just like this revamped defense. And this defense is putting up 30 and 40 points a game because they're turning turnovers into touchdowns. They're scooping the ball up and they're scoring and they're working as a team like, like special teams would work when they do get a turnover. You're seeing, you know, broken play after broken play on on the defensive side when they turn it into offense, and it's just it's exhilarating. And if you watched it last year, you loved it. You loved Carolina, and now they go out and, like I said, they just reinforce the entire defense with good veterans, with great rookies, with early yeah. draft picks. Again, last year they spent all seven picks on a defensive player. I know. This year they go out and still invest in defense. So it might take a little bit for this team to come together. Mm-hmm. But come on, like this is going to be a good defense. Then you have two up against New England. Yeah, you have Tua. I I can't play Tua up against New England. Uh, they have all their defenders back from COVID. Half of them opted out last season. Um, the only good side, Stephon Gilmore. He's not active, right? 
No, he's out for six weeks, I believe. Yeah, so he's not in. So maybe that's the the shining hope that I would go with here. Mm-hmm. But I, I did some research the other day, and it's only like six quarterbacks in the past ten years, something like that, actually got more than thirty passing attempts in their first game, first career game. So I don't think Zach Wilson's going to pass very often. If he scores, it's going to be through very very high efficiency. And yeah, I think I'm going to have to lean to us slightly on this one. But it, this is tough. I might. See, I just. I disagree a... with you hard here. Ooh. Uh, I disagree you with you hard because Tua's weapons are decimated. They're gone. Like Fuller's not oh, yeah. going to be Fuller's there. Not gonna Waddle's, be there week one. Waddle's injured. Parker's trash. Gasicki's iffy. They're going to run the ball. It. It. I don't want a team whose offense hasn't had time to settle in and then go up against a more than likely pissed off Bill Belichick in week one with time to prepare. I think his record, his record for having multiple weeks of preparation is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, I would, I would feel more comfortable taking That's Wilson. Read. Though, well, Belichick too. <laughs> Wilson at least has his weapons healthy. They have practiced. They're in rhythm and they have a goal. So if I'm taking my shot at my second quarterback, I think that the game will be better for scoring with Carolina and the Jets, which is weird to say for the first time in forever, uh, I would take Wilson for opportunity's sake rather than Tua, who's got a beat-up offense. I'm just going to add one more thing to this, and then we're going to move on because I don't want this to last forever. You obviously have a show tonight, so you have to run at <laughs> some point. But um, got time. Tua, Tua should have better field position than I think Zach Wilson will have. It should give him more opportunities Fair. to score. And also, you know, New England's been – but don't break defense up against the running backs uh, should allow them to get close to the red zone, giving shots to more shots to Tua. But yeah, I mean, like I said, I think we're splitting hairs here at this point. We'll go with one more question. I do have three more questions on the board right now. We'll go with one more for now. We're going to hop on to the running backs and we'll get to the other two. All right. So we got Josh Herbert. I think he meant Justin Herbert yep. up, or Trevor Lawrence in week one. Uh, Trevor Lawrence actually has a really sick matchup. What does he have? Houston, I believe. Houston. That's Easy, sexy for me. Meanwhile, it's, yeah, Justin Herbert, like he's up against Washington, and that's that revamp secondary who just added William Jackson. I mean, when your secondary cuts Jimmy Moreland, that's <laughs> that's a pretty good indictment that your defense is good. I'm sitting there and I'm gonna go with Trevor Lawrence this week. I know I just talked about how rookie quarterbacks don't pass that often, but this could turn into somewhat of a shootout with a bad Jacksonville defense. Um, you know, a bad Houston defense. It could just be a really, really bad game overall. Um, you know, and if I lean with anybody, I'm actually going to go James Robinson, you know, for my my stud of this matchup. But Trevor Lawrence should at least give you a very, very good floor with an even better upside. So I think with um, the Houston, they have two pretty solid outside corners in Houston. It's actually kind of a strength for them. But in the slot... I think you're going to see someone uh, like Visca absolutely dominate this game. And you saw it when they played against the Cowboys twos, which is kind of how Houston's ones look uh, if you really break it down. And what he was, uh, what Trevor Lawrence was able to put up in that time, in that short time, I see no reason why he can't do that week one out of the gate. I'm easily leading Trevor Lawrence. I, I on our show last week, at the Full Tail Dynasty pod, I said the Washington football team was going to win the Super Bowl this year, and it'll be on the back of that outrageously good defense. I oh, want yeah. to avoid them while they're all healthy. 
I agree with you 100%. Um, Justin Herbert's uh, not an option for me to play in almost any format, to be honest with you. In fact, if I have a one quarterback league, I'm probably looking to stream, uh, you know, one of the guys that's sitting there on my bench. I guess, you know, if you have two quarterback leagues and that's nobody, you know, you don't have anybody else and that's a whole different story. If you still want to play this game, you could probably stream um, uh, Tyrod Tyrod. Taylor and probably end up with, could end up with a better game than Justin Herbert, honestly. That's very true. All right. So we do have questions coming up, guys. We will get back to those, but I want to go ahead and move on to the running backs that some of those, you know, people might have missed at the tail end of their drafts, you know, and one of them's a no brainer for me. I'm just going to come out and say it like, instead of trying to build up on this, I'm <laughs> Tevin Coleman. Like he's only owning 19.7% of the league and he's the starting running back for, for yeah. For the Jets, like he's a starting running back. This offensive line is a revamped offensive line with a couple studs of tackle, right? Like you yes. have a system that thrives. The running backs thrive. Like you, you have people drafting Moster. You have people drafting Sermon, right? You still had people drafting Hasty a couple months mm-hmm. ago before, like you know, the news broke that he probably make the team. Gallman, you were drafting four running backs, four, who before you drafted Tevin Coleman, yeah, who was the starting running back in the same exact system that just moved over to the Jets. It makes no sense to me why Tevin Coleman is only 19.7% owned. Yeah. They were on the ball just as often. Tevin Coleman's been with this system now for what, four or five years, albeit half the time he was injured, but he's still been with this system. Yeah. I think that's it. I think it's the injury. I don't think most people think he's going to make it through the first game because he's snake bitten them so many times. It, that's very possible, and he could be washed. He could be washed. But why would you yeah. not at least have him on your roster for week yeah. one just to see what happens? Well, Michael Carter is questionable. Uh, Michael Pirine is questionable. I personally don't think either of those two are that good anyway. And then the only other real touch competition is Ty Johnson. Like you can see a 60-40 split right yeah. now. Yeah, it's crazy to me. Yeah. Like Just I see agree. what happens. See what the touch is. Tevin Coleman should be rostered everywhere, and he's only rostered 19.7% of leagues yeah. on ESPN. That is crazy. And you'll get him for free pretty much. Pretty much. I mean, really. What are you going to spend? One fab, maybe? You don't even need to. Yeah. You don't even need to because he's sitting there in 80% of the damn leagues. Yeah. All right, so let's go ahead and let's move on to my number two, and this is one of the ones that I was debating. I was going back and forth with, with right, because actually yeah. – uh, um, Jones is Tony Jones is actually rostered in slightly too many leagues, I believe, for him to count in this. Yeah. So I decide between a guy that I've been vouching Darn for this entire offseason. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <sighs> and another player who, you know, is is one of the guys that you're on. He's on your team and he's making strides right now, but that's Tyson Williams. Tyson yes. Williams over there. Um, you know, I, I don't know how he's only rostered in, in X amount of leagues, but he's the second leading or I'm sorry, he's the second running back on a team that is extremely run-heavy, the most run-heavy team in the league. Obviously, you have Lamar Jackson over there. Obviously, you have Gus Edwards over there. But And then they just signed Le'Veon Bell, which made me question it even more. Mm-hmm. However, this guy looks solid in limited amounts of work, and even, like, all you need is the volume. They have a good offensive line. Like, trust me, I'm not, like, huge on volume. Like, I don't like Najee Harris having a ton of volume just to have volume and being drafted that high. But when you're getting a guy for free, you're not paying any fab for him. You're not getting him. He's just sitting out there on your waiver wires. Why not get a guy that's going to see some sort of volume? Because Gus Edwards ain't going to take, you know, 80% snap share. It'll be like 65-35, okay? It's not going to be a stop it. Either way, they're still a very efficient team. Last year, Gus Edwards yeah. probably saw 35% snap share, right? 
mm-hmm. somewhere around there. And guess what? He was still relevant in certain weeks. You could play him in certain matchups. Oh, he has so, standalone value. Yeah. Yeah. Tyson Williams will have standalone value with handcuff value as well. I don't mm-hmm. like drafting handcuffs. I like handcuffs that actually have standalone value. So I'm on board 100% with Tyson Williams being rostered at the back end of your rosters, especially for, for team or for leagues with 18 people on your team or more. Right. I think, I think part of the allure with him is that, is he going to take the Dobbins role? Is he going to take the Dobbins role? Then Le'Veon Bell takes the, the Justice Hill role, you know, gets his three or four, you know, totes a game. And then Williams is getting up with 12 to 13. That could definitely happen. Now I don't see that because I think Harbaugh wants to win and I think they're smarter than that. And I think you'll see an 18 carry base for Gus Edwards week to week, but in the situation, the Ravens running back room is apparently cursed this season. For some reason, they went to the conjuring house to, to do preseason and they're all cursed, but yeah, I, I think he's, he's worth the pick, especially for free. The other aspect of this is the fact that like, Hey, this is a 17 game season. Now we're adding an extra game on there. You need yep. to keep your running backs healthy. And that's why I think a lot of these players who had dominant snap shares are going to come down at least 10 to 15%, especially this next guy, right? Ooh, yeah, here you go. All right, CMC, you know, has been seen, what, in 95% snap share or something insane, you know, in the games that he's completed all the way through up until last year where he saw uh, an accumulation of injuries. Did, what? Yes. How many different injuries did he suffer? Three, four, five? Well, I know he, I know he set out for two, but. Shoulder, ankle. Oh, man. I think there was another one too, if I'm not mistaken, but yeah, for the shoulder for sure. Yeah, I mean, there's been a handful of them along with what he sat out for as well. Don't forget about yeah. like the ones that he saw out for, set out for, but anyways, Shuba Hubbard, right? He's available in 14.5% of leagues. He showed us in the preseason that he can have explosive plays, he can actually be yeah. a good running back with a limited snap count. I believe there's independent value there up against bad teams. But then you go and you turn around and you look at what his value could be if CMC goes down. And I think we could see way better than what Mike Davis produced. I think he's a better player than what Mike Davis was last year at this time as a rookie with fresh legs. Well, somewhat fresh because he obviously played a ton in college. But, uh, you know, I I think that he could step into a role. He can catch passes, right? He can end up dominating a snap share. I love Chuba Hubbard moving forward. He's one of my favorite running backs to roster at the tail end of my my, uh, teams is – is Chuba Hubbard like you know number one non nookie to you? Are you are you fucking with with Chuba Hubbard at all? Well, I've tried to trade for him in multiple leagues, and people keep telling me to kick rocks. So obviously he's a, he's a much loved player in the dynasty community, especially with having a soft spot as a fellow Canadian. Uh, we all love uh, Chuba, and yeah, you want that Carolina Panthers backup. I remember Reggie Bonifon was a waiver ad in two thousand and nineteen. <laughs> Mike Davis was 2020. Why can't it be Chuba Hubbard in 2021? People are it should him. be. It should be Chuba Hubbard in 2021. And I think that I, I get that the idea of handcuffing running backs and taking handcuffs can be kind of murky. I think as you alluded to the extra game, this could be the year. Hey, Puppo, this could be the year that the handcuff running back can actually really help you win. And if he does miss time, Chuba's dynamic. Chuba is dynamic, man. Yeah. And there's so much to get there. What if CMC's count goes down to a 70%, 75% range? Mm-hmm. 
And Chuba Hubbard does see 25%, but in games where you could see the Panthers blowing out the other team, Chuba Hubbard might end up getting all the fourth uh, fourth quarter carries. Yep. It is a very yep. realistic possibility. You could play Chuba Hubbard up against the Falcons if this happens. Right. Right. You can play Chuba Hubbard up against possibly the Saints if the Saints are bad. You know, you because want... these teams will be up and they'll be winning. And now you'll have a guy that is standalone value with handcuff potential. Right. And when you're looking at waivers and backup running backs or running backs to play or a sneaky flex play one week, you, you want to look at the basis of a couple of things. You want an offense that's good. Okay. Carolina checks that off. You want a player who's athletic and can do it on his own and make people miss. Well, Chuba Hubbard showed that against Indianapolis when he ran into a giant wall of men and then took off for 60 yards that was down so the field. Sexy. He can do it on any play. And he, we've seen that he has hands. He literally checks. Every single box that you want to check onto, there should be no reason he's still sitting on your waiver wire. Deep I leagues or not. Chuba he's, Hubbard. He's one of the few people that has legitimate league winning upside that you can pick up off your waiver wires today. Thank you. Right now. That's what I was about to say. That's exactly yeah. what I was about to say is he can win you a trophy. He can bring you home a belt, like a big beefy belt. I'm talking about like one of those belts that's like, you know, weighs like 15 pounds from Trophy Smack or like one of the trophies that's like six oh, feet yeah. tall from Trophy Smack. Dude, those trophies are sick. And if you go to trophysmack.com right now or you click that link that's in our, our description right now, you can actually go to Trophy Smack. You throw a belt in there. You throw a ring in there and you enter promo code CIRCLE for, of course, to join our Circle crew. Shout out. But you enter in promo code CIRCLE. They'll actually give you that $60 ring for free. I'm not even kidding you guys. Like, I'm talking about a legit belt, a legit trophy. Go to trophysmack.com. When you go to checkout, make sure either a belt or trophy is in there with your $60 ring, and you'll get that $60 ring for free. Go check so it out, sick. trophysmack.com. It's badass. I'm, I'm not carve, even kidding you guys. It's so sick. Ian, you can Ian carve Chuba Hubbard stop talking it. about it. You could. Oh, man. You can just Chuba get Hubbard. Chuba Hubbard on the nameplate and give him the props he deserves. All right, all right. I'm getting a little bit too hot and bothered right now. I need to <laughs> stop the, the Chuba Hubbard talk. Okay, I'll find all right, all right. Well, let's go ahead. Let's say it again. All right, so uh, let's go ahead and talk about two rookies here. Uh, yeah. This is tough because you have a tough matchup with Jalen Waddle up against New England, and this is where I'm a little bit indecisive because Bill Belichick does a great job at taking one thing away, and for the Dolphins, I feel like that could actually be the running game over the passing game. Yep. I don't think they're going to take away the deep passes because they might not believe that Tua can throw a deep ball. So what if they allow Tua to throw deep and they take away the short options, the short outs, they take away Mike Gusecki, right? They take away the running game and they force Tua to throw it deep. Jalen Waddle could end up having a two-touchdown game for 160 yards. We saw Marquise Brown do it in his rookie year, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, it was the first game of the season. He ended up going off because they didn't think that they would be able to throw it deep and they didn't believe in Marquise Brown. I'm thinking that the Jalen Waddle could be that threat. So if you need points, let's just say you're projected to lose by like, you know, 15 points or something. You had a bad injury. You drafted Cam Akers early in the offseason, right? Ugh. And you need Rip. this big upside. <laughs> you need some big upside. I think that I would go Jalen Waddle. But if you just need a few points, you're projected to win or you're projected to have a close game, I think I'm going to leave Devontae Smith for the safe side of things. Yeah, I'm leaving Smith too. Look. We don't know who the deep option is going to be in Miami. We want to say it's Waddle, but we thought that with Ruggs in, in Oakland and last year. 
and it didn't work out because Ruggs may not even be the best deep threat necessarily. His speed. I think Waddle's speed is best utilized short. So if that's what they're going to take away, I think it could be Parker that's getting the deep shots where Waddle could be used, which is what we saw before he went out and is that preseason game. He was catching the short balls and moving it down the field. Now that's fine. That's okay. But I think you're going to want to roll someone like Devonta Smith, who, as I mentioned earlier in the show, is going to have that target locked in, that production, and, again, a better matchup. So real quick, I do want to remind people too, because I, I forgot for a brief second, week right. one, Ter Fuller is out. Yeah, Terry, you're totally right. Uh, you're totally right. Will Fuller is going to be that guy, but he's not there week one. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to lean, like I said, if you want a safe option, I'm leaning Vata Smith. Jalen Waddle is uh, the other go-to guy. Now, we got our next question, Allen versus Pittsburgh or Rodgers versus New Orleans. And I actually have this uh, Pittsburgh game being a lot higher scoring than what most people have it, or I'm sorry, a lot more passing attempts or plays run than what most people have it right now. And right. I think it could actually break certain things. Meanwhile, Rogers up against New Orleans. New Orleans lost to Norris Jenkins. Devontae Adams should have no problem dismantling um, Marshawn Lattimore. I think that both these options are good. And honestly, I don't know how you got either one, but the difference for me is the rushing upside that Allen offers. I think I'm going to okay. lean going Allen versus Pittsburgh because I think he's going to have more chances to accumulate points. And it might get to a point where, hey, Jameis Winston just threw two interceptions to start the game out. We're going to have to right. run the hell out of the ball, and it's just going to grind clock. And you're only going to see Rodgers with a, you know two-thirds of the amount of uh, offensive drives as Allen would have. So for me, I'm going Rodgers, and I'm going Rodgers because, A, he's pissed. Uh, two, he no longer degaffs. Like he does not care at all. He's hit that level. You're going to give me a pissed off Aaron Rodgers to open the season in New Like, yeah, I'm taking that every time. I'm just not betting against it. Pittsburgh defense is healthy and they're, they've been the top fantasy defense. I mean, the top, the highest sack total defense anyway, the last couple of seasons. I, I want to avoid it in, in a matchup if I have the chance. Don't get me Are wrong. Allen's great. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a win-win situation. You really, you, It's not a bad choice for either one. All right, so we're going to hit this one more question. We're going to hop onto our wide receivers because we're closing in here on our limited amount of time. Do you all think about Trey Sermon? Is it too early to have him starting? No. I like not. Mostert for this matchup. Mostert's one of my biggest DFS targets. However, yeah. it's Detroit. It's Detroit. Like Sermon could end up going in in the fourth quarter and having the fourth quarter to himself the entire quarter, like, and see what twelve carries in the yeah, tw in the exactly. fourth by himself. Yeah, just just the fourth. I think Sermon's a lock for fifteen touches this week. Uh, yeah, I'm Ooh, I'm 15, playing him for lot. sure. Total touches, yeah, I think it's a lock. Well, I think what was last year? Was it McKinnon and uh, Mostert that both had? great week ones because they yeah. had a, a great matchup i think it was those two if i remember correctly but well yeah and they let they let goleman walk right james is still hurt hasty's kind of meh right sermon's been invested in if you're gonna play him this is a great week to do it again detroit is not good yeah i, I if it was any other team any other team yeah. outside of detroit i would think i would say i you know pause on that you know or at least hesitate but, yeah, I think you can start him out up against Detroit. Uh, however, for week two, I don't know if I would run him out there or not. I don't know what the schedule is. But, all right, so we got our wide receivers that people might have glossed over. 
And the big one for me was Elijah Moore because of Jameson Crowder, and rightfully so. Jameson Crowder last year was, you know, a target hog. And <laughs> he was a target hog, and, and Crowder, you know, could end up starting in that role. That's just how they, you know, they kind of roll things out over there for the 49ers, now moving over to the Jets. But at the same time, Crowder's out now with COVID, and he has not been listed um, as a participant yet. There's a good chance that Crowder won't play this week. If he does not play, I think that you have to pick up like you have to pick up Elijah Moore. You have to. He's only forty percent owned, and as we look forward, like he's one of the three receivers who are starting for the Jets. Like he's listed on, as a starter right now, so uh, he's got a tough matchup. And this is why you got to go with him, right? Because whoever gets him, if he goes off in Week One up against the Panthers, which you know the Panthers are a little bit tougher, but their secondary is still kind of spotty. If he goes off against the the Panthers. This is his matchups after that. The next weeks, two and three are tough. He's got, uh, I think it was like New England, somebody else. But then following that, he has Tennessee and Atlanta. You can see two more weeks of him going off against Tennessee and Atlanta. Two more weeks where you can't play him. But then he gets Cincinnati, Indianapolis, the Bills up against Teron Johnson. Then he has the, the Dolphins, which is, you know, not the best matchup. But then the Texans and the Eagles. Like that's a sick schedule. And if he hits, and he gets the volume out of the slot that this coaching staff likes to call, and he gets these mixed misdirection type deep passes where Josh, or I'm sorry, Zach Wilson is extremely accurate. Man, I'm telling, like, I'm loving Elijah Moore as a guy who could absolutely explode. And even if you don't want to keep him on your roster, maybe you want to trade him because he has those two tough weeks. You could get some good value. You could get some good value for him. Excuse me. Yeah, look, all the talk about him is that he's an ex-Antonio Brown all the way through camp, and then he was hurt a little bit through preseason. I can understand why he's not rostered as much as we might want him to be. But at this point, again, if he's on the waiver wire, you're getting him on the low. It's Get him on the low now. Mims doesn't matter, right? Crowder could easily be phased out of that offense. You want if the big well, splash play? You want the splash play. You're talking about a guy who's 92nd percentile in his 40, and you're talking about a guy who's 98th percentile in his agility score. This guy, when he gets the ball, he is going, going, gone. That's the kind of opportunity you want off the waiver wire. Ceiling, not floor. And so far, Zach Wilson just rips it. That's the play you're looking for. Love it, man. Love it. I'm in Ford. We don't need to talk anymore about it. What you need to talk about <laughs> is how the hell – Davis, Gabriel Davis, and Emmanuel Sanders oh. are 12.8% owned and 15.9% owned. Because, and by the way, I would get it. I would get it. I would get it if you thought that, you know, Emmanuel Sanders, like half of the people thought Emmanuel Sanders was going to be the guy, right? And then half the people thought that Gabriel Davis was going to be the guy. So you saw a 40% ownership. But in the teens, for the number three wide receiver, arguably the number two over Cole Beasley, possibly, like that's. That's just crazy to me why these two guys are in the teens for ownership. You're talking about one of the most prolific passing offenses going into 2021, and yet the third wide receiver is barely rostered. And whether it be Gabriel Davis or Sanders, I like Gabriel Davis, uh, you know, way more than I like Sanders because I think the big time when you have a quarterback who targets his wide receiver uh, 30% of the time is actually like a uh, a contested target. Like that means that you trust your wide receiver to make a play on the ball. You don't see that that often. 
Like you see quarterbacks targeting open receivers. You don't see quarterbacks just giving, you know, back shoulder fades since Aaron Rodgers did it with Jordy Nelson. Like that just yep. doesn't happen. But yeah, Josh Allen trusts Gabriel Davis more than probably any other quarterback throwing any other wide receiver in the league. I've never seen such a uh, highly contested target rate. It's not. So like if he loves this wide receiver, he played last year with this wide receiver down the stretch. And by the way, this wide receiver gave you double digit points in three out of the last four games where he saw a high target percent or a high snap percentage. Like Gabriel Davis should be a lock. Yeah. Yeah. He's got wide receiver four, wide receiver three on the season written on him. So to have him on your waiver wire seems kind of silly. Um, it is silly. Eight touchdowns is kind of where I've, I've got Gabe Davis right now. And if you can pick up eight touchdowns off the waiver wire for free, come on, don't wait too late. One week, two weeks in, it's too late. You're trading for him now. And then it kills all the value for him season long. You want to get him now before he goes out there and balls. If you didn't do it already after watching Josh Allen throw ropes to him down the middle of the field, like effortlessly, you're already behind the eight ball. Get ahead of the game and get him now before it kicks off. That's crazy. 12.8%. It's insane. It's it's crazy. And by the way, I think I said that he did three out of his last four games with double-digit fantasy points. It was actually his last four out of six games. Yeah, All right, so sick. Tyrell Williams, we don't need to spend too much time on because this is a bad receiver and a bad offense. However, he is the wide receiver one in this offense. He's known for making big plays. He should see plenty of opportunity with negative game script, right? Uh, look, Kyra Williams was really good for me in 2019 uh, when I could use him. Uh, he was fantastic. And oh, I don't look, see look, Mike don't Peterson see... literally in the chat, like as we're discussing this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Look, um, I think he's fine. Nothing like don't expect much. Eventually, uh, Mummy's alive himself. Amon Ross St. Brown is going to show him his worth and Cephas as well. But for the first couple of weeks, there's no reason why you can't go and pick up Tyrell Williams. Again, zero fab bid. Pick him up. Go flip him. Go flip him. Yep. Go pick up Tyrell Williams. Let him have a game or two where he gives you eight targets, 10 targets, 12 targets, because he's going to have to get that amount of targets for this offense to even be alive. So, yes, I, I think that Tyrell Williams should be rostered in every single league out there, and yet he's rostered in very few. All right, so let's answer some of his questions, and then we'll finish out with the tight end position. Do it. Um, we're going to start out with Dustin Coleman's question. hope I said that right. Coleman. It looks about right. Um, I think Murray will go to Buffalo, and that's actually a pretty good landing spot for Murray. I was a little bit nervous that he would end up with uh, Baltimore. Mm -hmm. He ended up because I think that he would destroy all of uh, you know Tyson Williams' volume or – you know, his whole entire role. Luckily yeah. they got Le'Veon Bell instead instead of Latavius Murray. But either way, I don't find Murray uh, to be a viable option anymore. I think we've seen the best days of his. He could get some goal line carries or something along those lines, but I don't think he's going to beat out Zach Moss for a job. I don't think he's going to beat out Devin Singletary for a job. And I think he's going to struggle to beat out Matt Breida. Wait, did Matt Breida get yeah. cut? <laughs> I don't no, even know. No, for yeah. me, for me, it's the chargers, right? Cause chargers they need help in the running well. back room. He's that veteran behind Eckler. If Eckler goes down, uh, I think they would love him much like they loved uh, Balage last season. I think Murray could provide the same thing. I think Murray last year finished at like 5.5 yards per carry, which I don't like yards per carry is like a notable stat, but it gives you an idea that he could still go. And his uh, yards per reception, I think, was over seven. 
So he can fill that role for a couple of games That's if and or when Eckler goes down. I don't think they have that on the current roster. I think Murray in uh, – oh, my God, I almost called him San Diego. In L.A. for the Chargers makes a lot of sense. Or the other L.A. team, the Rams. Or – or the Raiders because they already have Josh Jacobs. They just signed Kenyon Drake to a $12 million contract. Then they bring in Peyton Barber. Why not just bring in Latavius they, Murray too? They do love aging, <laughs> slow, and unathletic running backs. So yes. it could work. I mean, it just makes too much sense. All right. Yeah. So let's see. Let's see. Uh, all right. Next question. Leave Claypool in versus Buffalo or put Pittman or Devonta. Uh, consider swapping Mostert in the flex too. I love Mostert in the sweat in the flex. I think Mostert's going to have a massive game up against Detroit. I think they're going to pull him by like the fourth quarter. Um, however, I do love Claypool up against Buffalo. Levi Wallace has a tendency to up, allow big plays. He doesn't give up a ton of them, but he does give up one or two big plays a game to bigger, uh, more physical and faster receivers. Meanwhile, if Claypool goes on the side of Travis White, Travis White can't guard a guy who has size and speed. Like he can't, like he struggles so much. Just go back and look at DK Metcalf in coverage mm -hmm. from Tredavious White. It's just, it's a massacre. So I'm, I'm worried about over the top with Claypool because they still have Hyde and I believe they still have Poyer, which is going to help. I would pivot to Mostert myself. It's Detroit. Yeah. They're terrible. San Francisco is going to win that game by 40 points. If you, again, ceiling, right? In the flex, you want ceiling. Mostert can easily break off two big ones and that's all you need to win your entire week right there yeah, and i, I think, go yes, moster i actually have moster having the best floor uh you know claypool's ceiling i think is just size moster but claypool's floor is actually super low if, if buffalo can get pressure onto ben roethlisberger with this bad offensive line i mean we're talking about some some you know some issues getting the ball downfield meanwhile moster doesn't have anything hindering his production i i'd go yeah. moster yeah. all right wide receivers i got one jamar chase or Mike Williams in the flex. I'm not playing Mike Williams. Ever. I'm just not doing it this week, especially because Mike Williams in the flex could be a lot of trouble uh, facing up against uh, St. Uh, Baptiste, right? The the bigger, more lengthy cornerback over there for Washington. Uh, you know, it, it's I don't think it's going to be a good game for, for Herbert. I don't think it's going to be a good game for any San Diego Charger. You want Jamar Chase? That's going to be risky. Like it's gonna be risky, but at least it's a somewhat decent matchup. I, I'm going Jamar Chase. Yeah, I want Chase because the Bengals are gonna throw the ball 40 times, and there's no way Chase drops 10 of his targets. So mm, I'm gonna go Chase. He begs to differ. Yeah. All right, we got <laughs> Callaway or Devonta Smith, half point PP or half PPR. Easy call for me. I don't know about you, but it's Callaway. He's gonna get force fed like 14 targets this week. So Oh, man, but he has Jair Alexander, possibly the best cornerback in the NFL. That's yeah, fine. It's still going to be 14 targets. Yeah, I'll take Callaway as well. I think Devonta yeah. Smith has a better floor than Callaway does. But, I mean, when, what you just said, it, it just makes a lot of sense unless they just pull the ball out of Jameis Winston's hands and they decide to run it 40 yeah, exactly. times this game. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm on board with that. Gabe Davis just got picked up and went for Tyrell Williams. Yes, that's the right move. Boom, boom, boom. All right. Yeah, I think we're yep. pretty much done with these questions. Let's go ahead and hop on to the tight end. I have Callaway finishing as the wide receiver 15 in points per game uh, until I've projected Michael Thomas comes back. So it's a smash to get him late uh, in drafts. Yeah, Mike's a smart dude. He's going too early in all my drafts now. 
I, I oh, opportunity to cost is completely swapped on him. All right, let's do some tight ends. All right, we got my biggest one, the guy that I've been pumping out nonstop for, what, three or four weeks now minimum. Uh, Tyler Croft is going to be a big, big thing in fantasy this year. Tyler Croft is going to smash faces. Now, it might not happen till week four, but if he does it in weeks one through three, you're not going to have a chance to grab him week four because weeks one through three are very tough matchups for him. He's got Jeremy Chin up against Carolina, two more tough matchups following that. But after those tough matchups, he's got the Titans, he's got the Falcons, he's got the Bengals, he's got the Colts, he's got the Bills, he's got the Texans, he's got the Eagles, he's got the Jaguars. <sighs> those are all sort of matchups for an offense that utilizes the tight end heavily. He's the only active tight end on this roster unless they brought somebody up off the practice squad over the past couple of days. They traded away Herndon. They love Tyler Croft. This is an offense that made George Kittle. This is an offense that had Jordan Reed, the ghost of Jordan Reed, relevant. Hmm. The third string tight end for the 49ers was relevant. I, I don't even remember his name right now hmm. because that's the type of system that operates around their starting tight end. It is extremely, extremely sexy system for tight ends. And Tyler Croft looked great in the preseason. The coaching staff loves him, which is very, very important, important for play calling purposes. And He's been nothing but reliable so far in the offseason and in preseason so, or as we, we look forward. So I'm loving Tyler Croft. What are your thoughts? Do you like my pick on Tyler Croft or not? Picked him up for, picked him up everywhere I could after the last time we saw Zach Wilson in the playoffs throwing two touchdowns early. Uh, and Zach Wilson likes tight ends dating back to his time at BYU. So Tyler Croft is a smart pick. I mean, in Ryan Griffin, 2019, you don't need much, right? Ryan Griffin in 2019 had multiple games as a tight end one. You don't need much from that position. All you need is opportunity, and that's exactly what Cross gives you. He's not the athlete. He's not a super great receiver, but he's going to have the opportunity, and he's going to get targeted, and that's what's going to matter, especially for a waiver wire pickup. I love it. All right, before I go through my last one, I got one more on here that I think is a great week one flyer. I think it's one of the best ones that you can actually run out there just for week one purposes. Um, but before I do, make sure you guys go check us out on YouTube, youtube.com slash fantasy intervention. Once again, that's youtube.com slash fantasy intervention. If we helped you out in any way, shape, or form, please go visit youtube.com slash fantasy intervention. Hit subscribe. It goes a long way for us, even if it's just one subscription. Uh, you guys can also go find all of our content at fantasyintervention.com along with all the platforms that we're available on to listen to, to watch as we stream, and everything along those lines. So, Hollywood. oh, look, we got a Hollywood Titan on YouTube right now coming in the chat, of course, as we get to close out this episode. Thomas actually has another episode to go to. So, Thomas, real quick, what show are you going to? Where can they find you? On this next show, where can they find you in general? Well, look, you can find me as uh, as my name shows up here at the bottom for the audio listeners. You can find me at Thomas Simple FF. That's over there on the Bird app, the Twitter, as the kids would call it. Uh, look, you can find all, all of my work uh, at FullTiltDynasty.com. You can find it all on uh, YouTube at Full Tilt Dynasty. You can find it at the Dynasty Vipers Network uh, on YouTube as well. But uh, immediately after well, we take off from here, you can catch me on the Fantasy Walkabout with my mate from around the world, over there in Australia, Tom underscore lead nine two, where we hone in on what true value is in fantasy football. Love that, man. Absolutely love it. Appreciate you for coming in. Help me out with this waiver wire show. We will be here every Tuesday in fantasy football discussion at eight o'clock. Appreciate you guys for listening. My last guy is Jared Cook. 
and in 22% of leagues. Washington's secondary, I already told you I don't like any of the wide receivers for for the Chargers. I don't really like Austin Eckler this week, although I think he you know should still be started as he's a stud. He can catch passes, although the dose score for Washington is super, super low. You really don't want to play pass catchers up against him. But either way, outside of Eckler, I think that the biggest hit could actually be Jared Cook. Um, Landon Collins struggles to cover tight ends, especially tight ends that run the seam routes and get upfield. Uh, meanwhile, Cameron Curl, Jim Reeves, all these guys are not good safeties for coverage up against tight ends. They've they falter multiple occasions. That's why Washington finish out as the uh, as the defense twenty up against the tight end for at least drafting stats. And they really didn't play anybody. They were playing the likes of like Blake Jarwin, right, and Evan Ingram. So you know when you don't play tight ends and yet you're still bad up against tight ends, that's a huge indictment. Jared Cook could see plenty of beautiful deep balls from Justin Herbert. And if I'm streaming tight ends, I'm locking Justin Herbert into that stream spot. Thank you guys once again for listening. And thank you all for letting us intervene with your fantasy football life. We'll see you tomorrow at 8.